Because if not, we're talking spoilers. We're spoil What's the MCU? What's the MCU? <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, got it. So that's a, that's actually the representative from the studio that lets me go see these movies in advance didn't know what the MCU meant. <laughs> when I went to see Shang Chi. I said, I love the way that Shang-Chi is moving the MCU into the new phase. And she's like, what's the MCU? Is that some sort of technical wire? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, dang. Anyway, so for me, to take the MCU out of it for a minute and to look at the film um, with Scarlett Johansson, who has more than earned her right to have her own movie, right? Like, can I get some cheers for that? Wow. Yeah. Nine years ago, eight years ago, maybe, depending on when we wanted to see it in the timeline, but it's way overdue. Um, but looking at her, looking at Pew, looking at, you know, all of the other amazing female actresses in this movie, they put them on par with male actors in other action film movies. They were doing their stunts, they were getting hit, they were hitting, they were jumping out of airplanes, they were doing all the things. Um, but I think during some of the MCU, she set a precedent for it. Because Black Widow has always been kick butt, right? But we have we didn't see that a lot, and we still don't see a lot of those female movies. So what? I just want to kind of go down the line. If you guys have anything to say about it as a as an action film before we get into the Black Widow story part of it, um, I actually had to divorce myself from the very first time I saw it and take it kind of out of the MCU. Because you're right, this movie should have come out right after Civil War. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 the fact that it was so much later, it just felt, it didn't feel like it belonged in a way. Uh, and, and so I had to kind of watch it as just an action film and to see these women doing complicated choreography and doing it flawlessly, it was just so much fun to watch. And my only real complaint with the film was, I felt like this should have come out nine, ten years ago. But other than that, I thought it was fantastic. The thing that I really liked about it is Black Widow in the comic books, like her first appearance was very lackluster. And I think that Marvel hadn't really known what to do with her until Scarlett Johansson's influence really came into play. Because even when we first saw her in Iron Man, um, she was still kind of like the pretty like femme fatale secretary. And it's so funny because in the battle for New York, when that happened, you have Thor catches his hammer, Iron Man zip zapping around um, like a crazy man. And then Scarlett Johansson is like, pew, with like her little nine millimeter. I didn't know what that gun was. I had to ask my dad. He's like, that's what cops use. And I was like, oh, so it's like a common non-impressive thing. And I think the base of that, um, not just anything sacrilegious, but that's pretty much what Black Widow in the comic books kind of was for a really long time. And to see her go, like, hold her own there, like, she's very impressive in that scene. Like, it's like, she doesn't need, like, she could have just done this with her hand, and I still would have been like, oh my god. Um, To see that come to fruition, where she has these perfectly set ringlets in the first movie, I've always, like, I'm sure other people with long hair can relate, but how her hair was in the second film, where it's like, I don't know, ponytails, like, screw it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that was Scarlett Johansson's influence, and it was, I agree, the film was very long overdue, and the fact that we got something a little bit more realistic with just how women function, I mean, my God, we even got a little bit of... um, reproductive organ education in there and I remember yeah and it was just like I don't know if people know that you know um but it was layered in so well and I think that um I think I I don't want to be too corny but it's like we owe Scarlett Johansson a huge like thank you we do um because that was a lot of her influence, and I just thought that what she brought and what she insisted on in the movie is really what the character needed. Yeah, this movie in particular was more of a, like like Val said, it was a, really a spy movie, and it was disregarding the fact that it was a female lead, right? Because we've had just a few samplings of uh, females in a spy movie, but it was a mystery all over the beginning. Of course, with the Marvel in there, it almost felt a little... I mean, don't kill me. A little DC because it's so dark in places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved it because I love DC as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like this as, a, as an action film. 
um, even outside of just, I mean, if I'm watching this, I would put it up there with like the, the Bourne films and things like that, where even if you take it out of the superhero universe that it exists in, it is much more grounded. And I say that knowing that the final battle happens on this like base that's floating above the earth and it's like <laughs> totally unrealistic, but still, I think it's just much more grounded and I yeah. really enjoyed that and appreciated that. I agree that I would like to have seen this sooner. Like I would have liked to have seen it when it takes place in the timeline, that's when it should have come out. And I think Marvel needed to have more guts to make that happen. Yes. They should have done it. And they should have had to. Yeah. And I think that yeah. was that's why I struggle with it. But I also think if it had come out then we wouldn't have gotten Forrest Pew in there and we wouldn't have gotten the actor who plays her dad because their crew kinda of took off after that. And if you take them out of the movie, I don't think I would like it as much. But it still should happen sooner. I definitely agree with that and I kinda of wanna talk about that today. If you guys have questions or comments or whatever, this is us talking nerd stuff with all of like yeah. We want to do this together. It's not just us talking at you. So please raise your hand, come up to the mic, whatever. But um, there are some arguments on what, you know, it coming out nine years ago, how that would have been amazing and influenced. But also, so it came out now, if it wouldn't have come out now, you know, there are some definite changes in the story that would have changed. There are some actors would have changed and everything. And so there's definitely an argument on both sides. I also think that if it would have come out when we thought it could, I don't think they would have been able to get as real and as dark. That's true. Um, I think that a lot of things have changed in the past nine years, um, and Disney has gotten a little more guts because they do have more people helping make the films that have balls, let's just say it. Um, uh, men and women. Uh, <laughs> um, they had guts to do it. Um, you know, talking about you know the reproductive system, which they kind of touched on. You know, making them sterile in a little bit of right, the original right. story, but like really getting into that. Um, you know, is important to how these women act um, and how their characters act and how they can turn things on and off because that's a big deal. You know, it, it not only messes with you mentally, um, but it messes up your physical aspect of your hormones in your body. So it's it's not just like people that don't understand it, they don't understand how much that changes you as a person. Mm -hmm. um, but then to go through it at such a young age, and you are not making any of your own mental decisions, somebody else is making them for you, and then trying to come out in the real world and trying to make your decisions, um, you know, the fact that Black Widow was able to do that just shows you how complex of a character she is and how special she is. So I, I, I just had a really quick comment about how I think that they did a really good job in this movie showing that women really can, the way that they process things and the way that they think about things, it's like you can be going into battle and then still have like off conversations about like, Whatever. Like, I feel like they showed it a lot, where her and her sister were talking like normal. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think that when you have males and it's very like a one track, like, let me get this done and then I'll get this done. Yeah, right, her, right. And then and I think it's really great highlighting how that's like how women think versus how men think. And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, sometimes they put the, the female character cast type into a box where mm -hmm. they have to do the same thing, where they're like, I'll do this and then I'll do this. Whereas, like, women, you know, Mothers, jobs, whatever, all these different like, things all the time. So you, know, right. you don't have the luxury to just like let me take care of this and then I'll take care of this. So I think they did a really good job. Yeah, when I'm in an empire with my sister, very similar. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. the Mad Max nature of which my parents allowed me and my siblings to go after each other. There were parts of that fight where I was like, it, I mean, you know, minus the guns and the murder. <laughs> like a sibling fight like the way that they were going at it like especially in the kitchen I was the youngest and I specifically remember like my cut older twin sisters just coming at me and I was ready like it felt like that so yeah they even nailed like the dynamic aspect and my, my partner was saying, I'm like, oh, of course you're going to talk about her vest. And I'm like, it's a vest with pockets. Find pockets <laughs> on feminine clothes and you will realize that it is a needle in a haystack. Like, very astute. Well, I think one of the problems is, is you typically have men writing these characters and directing these actresses. And when they do a strong female lead, it almost is like they wrote it as a man character and just flipped it. Mm -hmm. And so to have women writing... 
Charles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so when you have women writing and you have women directing, and then you have strong female actors like Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh, who are like, this is the way we're going to do it. That's why we're doing this, and it's so refreshing to see. Yeah, and I, that's when it like feels like you have someone that you actually can see yourself in, and that, mm -hmm. that was what was so different for her for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I hadn't thought about it, and I think that's probably the reason why they feel like flushed out real characters compared to like what you talked about, Tracy, with with a lot of times the little characters are not. They're disposable. They're yeah. Yeah. Sex uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. Put them in the fridge and they'll use yes. them to, yeah. you know, shoot the male protagonist's story forward. Right. So I want to touch on another topic and then we'll go to the next question so we can keep moving along. So just wait just a second. So the sibling, um, that family kind of uh, relationship they were trying to build from the, the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. um, it really got us sucked in, right? You're watching the movie. You see these two young kids, and they're having this Christmas. You see the family, the parents, and then they're in this town that we've all seen before, right? They're in this town, so you're thinking, okay, what's, what's going on? And most of us kind of knew the story going in, but they made it feel like this was just another normal family. They looked that way, and then all of a sudden, they're out of there, and you're sitting watching the movie, and I don't know if anyone else did this, but you're thinking to yourself as they're handing these girls over, right? They're just letting these kids go. Like, how often does this happen? Because it does happen all the time. Um, and how programmed did they have to be to be able to do that? Because I can't even foster a dog. If the dog comes into my house without an owner, it's now mine. <laughs> so, so let's kind of touch into that, that for a minute. That was the podcast host, too. <laughs> That's uh, how Jake and I got on the podcast. We hung out with her and she felt bad since she us. You guys invited me. What are you talking about? It was a fun story. <laughs> she knew it was a fun story. But let's talk about that. So how did you all feel about... You know, this kind of, we're going to give you this family that usually Disney doesn't give us, right? right, right. So you know it's going to be discombobulated, and if you kind of read the backstory, you knew. But they really wanted us to feel, and I felt it, the fact that they were just tearing these girls not only away from who they knew were their parents, but then away from each other. Right. To me, that scene... Like, I, I just got chills again. Like, it, and I don't know that everybody that watched the movie paid attention to it because they were so, like, just focused on the fact that we hadn't gotten it. Like, get get to the action, get to the explosions. Oh, actually, that, that was one of the main complaints I heard, was the beginning. And it's like, no, that is so crucial to setting up the rest of the story. Yeah, so do you guys have a comment on, on how important that was to the movie or if you didn't like it or whatever? I think it was important, especially in like the crossroads sense where Natasha is very much of the opinion that, listen, it, it was that easy to break, it meant nothing, superficially of course, um, and then Yelena says like, no, that meant everything, it was incredibly traumatizing and I've thought about you guys ever since and I think we get a little bit more of the Lexi actually kind of feeling more bad about it and we can jump into Iron Maiden a little bit later, but... I mean, Logan, Utah was a hub for child trafficking a couple of years ago, you know? So it is like a prevalent issue and um, the Soviet Union specifically. I mean, there's horror stories out there of them taking kids from moms that, who didn't have husbands and then using them in like medical experiments. So it's like most of us were probably alive while this was absolutely taking place. I mean, it's happening now, but especially during the Soviet Union, I, it's 100% believable because it did happen. Um, it, and it's terrifying. Yeah, I found it the most uh, powerful part of the show was that she was, had broken that and you could kind of see that in the rest of the MCU and then her story it starts to make more sense and that she didn't become another family member until she became part of the Avengers. Right, right. I, I think, for me, where it, where it became apparent they were really effective with that was later when, uh, and, I, and you mentioned this, Chelsea, when Yolina does say, you know, it was real to me, because Natasha was like, no, it was all fake. No, it was real to me. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, yeah, it did feel real. It, I mean, I was legitimately surprised when they showed up and they took the girls away and then you find out they weren't even their their daughters 
Because up to that point, I thought they were, their actual fathers were just like, oh, we're, we're going to serve the state. And maybe I'm just slow in following stories. And that could be, but I like, I was shocked because of how they depicted them as a family. Yeah. <laughs> touch just a little bit on that without what I was going to say before. As hard and as as vigilant as they were to fight the girls to get on a plane and I mean putting their lives in danger and all that stuff and for the girls and stuff so you really did think that that was their parents because we that's what we mm-hmm. children. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So that was really cool. I yeah. liked how they do that. When they turn them into assets you're like wait a second you, you know they're not children they're not your children they're assets now. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I thought, I'm glad that there was humor throughout the whole movie because it's kind of like Thor and Ragnarok, you know, you're just like, oh my God, I lost the part in that. I didn't think Thor could be funny like that. <laughs> you know, but, you know, when, when her sister's saying how she, you know, how, well, for one thing, when, she, when Scarlett Johansson was in Lucy, how she was so, it was, because she was the machine and all that stuff, and how she could take her character and be that, and also be what she was in, in all the other movies she was in, you know, the island and stuff, and she be, to be almost like a childlike in her thought in the island. And so she's got this whole broad spectrum, and for them to realize what a gem that they have, mm-hmm. and to focus it on her, I am so glad that they did that. And um, and when her sister says, you know, when she comes, she comes down, she and I think it was great that they pointed that out and, and, that, and that they both had that sense of humor with each other and that dad was so hilarious and and um, and if you didn't really see it out of their mom their smartest things the director did is the very first scene that they shot was the kitchen fight scene because she's like I want you two to be so up close and so personal with each other in this close quarter fight that's going to take us a week and a half to film by the time we get to the rest of the movie you've already bonded and that's exactly what what happened if you listen to Scarlett or to Florence they talk about how that was such a key integration for that kind of relationship, yeah? yeah. Well, they love to hate each other and hate to love each other, so. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's fantastic, and of course, the end, you know, of course, they love each other, they're sisters, but yeah, it's great. And I do love that she is strong despite everything that's happened to her, and I think mm-hmm. that's really great, but I also love that they didn't shy away from showing how damaged she was because of everything that had happened to her. Because I think sometimes in these kinds of films, I mean, I think Batman's a great example on film. In the comics, they delve into it a lot deeper, but on film, yeah, he's been through these traumatic experiences, and he's just, but that's what makes you super tough and cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, with her, they're really delving into how hard it was for her to go through all of that. And the reason she's so disconnected is because that's the only way she could move forward. And it wasn't because she is strong, but it wasn't because she was strong that she was able to move forward. Yeah, like, we probably shouldn't gloss over the fact that she did blow up a child. Um, you guys are jumping ahead. We're not to the blowing up children section. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I forgot. My bad. Yeah, sorry. Everybody are banned from those to child blowing up. Yeah. 
We went to child trapping at first, we'll and then I went to hard left. And then we'll go, and then we'll get back to you. Okay, go ahead. So, with in my opinion, the grave injustice of knowing how Scarlet's story ends. Um, how do you think that affected the movie and the characters, and did it cheapen it in your opinion at all? For me, it didn't actually cheapen it. It actually made um, her sacrifice um, hit me even harder um, than it did. So, because when we talk about Endgame and we talk about what Jake just mentioned, and you know, really still showing. Um, her emotions because we see all of her emotions despite the fact that they try and make us feel like she's concealing them. She's concealing them to everyone outside of us, mm -hmm. right? So we, through the whole MCU, we see her hard shell, we see her break down a little bit, we see her fall in love even though it's not a big mushy thing because it's not always a big mushy thing, right? We see her care for her best friend who is a male, which I love, the yeah. fact that you have a male-female relationship in the MCU that is not romantic. Um, and so, for me, knowing all of this backstory and then seeing her, and this was one of her uh, choices too, is to have her roots um, all grown out and having, you know, so when you're in turmoil, um, and this can be male, female, anything, but like, I know this for sure, when I'm in turmoil, I change my hair as a woman because it's the only thing I have control over, and if I'm not, it means I'm really in it, you know what I mean? So the fact that she let that grow out She's trying to eat the sandwich, right? She's there because that's the only family she has left, and she's going to sit in that room until they call. Yeah. You know, and so though all of those scenes were so much stronger for me now that I know what happened. I, I was really concerned to your question. I was really concerned that it would cheapen it for me, knowing that like well, we already know that she's not going to make it out of Endgame, but the way that they told the story, I. I I felt like it was not the case. Thank you. All right, so before we get to you, beautiful hair veteran, Thank you. both of you, glowing locks. <laughs> um, you know, I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now. Uh, <laughs> you missed my all-wall panel that I did on Thursday with the tattoos. No, I was over. Yeah. yeah, all shining, mm -hmm. all the way across. Um, more inclusive. Um, so, my next thing that I want to go, and so we talked, you know, about the feelings, and we did, we're going to get to the, the baby because that was a big part um, of this, and, and we, I actually was going to move into what the question you just brought up is, when she lets go of Hawkeye mm -hmm. at the end, for me now, I feel like he, she didn't want to take his family away, you know, in, in my mind, because of what, what she had, had gone through, but the Red Room is its own family in the most weird, horrible way. Let's talk about the Red Room for a minute. So do you guys have comments on what you saw in this movie about the women in the Red Room and how they were portrayed? Anyone? We didn't see, well, we didn't get to see too much of the Red Room, but I think the effects of the Red Room were shown well. Um, I thought the most horrifying aspect of the Red Room was demonstrated in the pigs. Uh, the way they use those pigs, man. Oh, yeah. I was so uncomfortable and was, like, just screaming at my television. I'm like, don't, the pig, someone, the pig, and they're just having this conversation. Um, but I think that maybe that they did it that way to kind of help protect the audience from how horrific that really was. Um, and I think that picking a villain who looked a little bit more Harvey Weinstein-y was on purpose. Um, when you get this creepy guy controlling, I'm glad I was Yeah. Um, when you get this creepy guy controlling women in this way, like that's the villain we know. Uh, I'm sure that anyone here, uh, maybe even experienced today, probably unfortunate, but like the very Harvey Weinstein-y vibe is a very real threat, and it's something that. Um, we experience all the time of just like hashtag creep vibes and so I thought that that was done very well of just the kind of even I don't want to say foaming at the mouth but how important it was that even while she's on the run that she was like we got to take out the red room like she's in the middle of everything and I thought that that was the best evidence for the red room with that like 
without actually showing like all of the horrors in yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting too because when she does meet back up with her sister, uh, with Yulina, and you know, it was, I kept waiting for you to come back. You went and joined the Avengers and I kept waiting for the Avengers to show up and shut down the Red Room. Like you're out saving the world and doing all this stuff. I kept thinking you were going to come, you didn't. And I think the way they use the Red Room in this, because we don't, you're right, Charles, we don't get to see a lot of details, but it is this menacing, awful thing that's in the background. And they're so effective at hinting at all the awful things that are tied to it, um, including the Harvey Weinstein guy who just sees women as, as property. Right. I mean, he doesn't even see them as living beings. What is the greatest resource in the world, I think, is what he says at one point. It is, or the most abundant, or whatever. It's these girls that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. That's an awful mentality. Mm-hmm. And there I'm are shocked. people out there that think that. Yeah, I know, that, and I know, but I was shocked to see it in a Disney-owned studio film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shocked in a good way, though. I was <laughs> To talk to that, like, I was actually really glad that they said that, even though it was a horrible thing. It's like one of those things you don't ever want to say, because you don't want it to be true. But the fact that they said it in that movie, I'm like, for lack of Fuck yeah, because yeah. <laughs> this is a safe place to Women have been killed all over the world. We're going deep, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yes, I did. But um, so people before told me you should be, you should be black widow. You should be black widow. I never liked her character until I saw this most recent movie. And now I feel like I've gone from like I'll go with my boyfriend. It's you know, go see the apartment. Now I'm like, we're going. I like you know, like I like it. I'm invested in it now. So I think there's a little bit of a uh, marketing genius going out there too. But I'm kind of wondering if this movie, if I read into it a little bit more than it should have, but there was a certain amount of sadness to the movie to me as well because I was like, yay, you know, we're kind of being seen as equals in this, you know, because as a woman, especially a professional woman, you find um, you're never really given your due credit. You're never really seen as truly valuable a lot of times. And in this one, it, it, a little bit when they're willing to like do anything to make these women into these master soldiers and everything like that. You're kind of excited because you're like, yeah, we're equals, but at the same time, there's a, a little bit of a sense of loss. Mm-hmm. Because you know if it's in a Disney movie and they're talking about it and they're treating it this way, you know, is this is this feminism or is it mm-hmm. is this a step backwards? Like are we becoming hard and losing the things that make us truly bring balance to the world, like the male-female aspect. Well, that's why I really liked the differences between the sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Because it shows, and even some of the other um, women that they showed um, that were out there, is they all had different levels of their personality and emotions that they, some of them were super hardcore. Mm-hmm. Like, it, they turned it off. You know, and some of us, as humans, sometimes we get to that place in our life where at that moment we gotta turn it off and we just got to deal with what's in front of us. And then there's other people that deal with what's going on in their life, and they're super super emotional and passionate and do things that way. So I loved how multifaceted they had these women, even though all of these women were created by that man. That's in the back of my mind. That's good. You know, but he couldn't take all of their personalities out of them. Yeah, he could control the darkness, he can control the sadness, he can make them kill people and maybe not think about it for a minute, but you saw them breaking through, and some of them were right and die, they're gonna kill for him, mm-hmm. and some of them, the minute they knew that they didn't have to do that, they were out of there. Well, and not, not saying anything controversial, but I do what? agree with you that um, I wasn't totally sold on Black Widow either because in the comics, and I'm just making sure that no one's going to get me from behind, <laughs> she's not written well in a, in a story that came out, I think in like 2001, Natasha has Nick Fury cut off Yelena's face and they face off Nicolas Cage, John Travolta style, and then Natasha frames Yelena for murder. And then Yelena goes through this entire, um, like, gauntlet of horrific things that happened to her. And the whole time, Daredevil was just, like, 
for God's sake, somebody be the voice of reason. And the whole time, Natasha is very deadpan. And she's like, no, this is what she needs. And it's all because Yelena wants to be the Black Widow. And Natasha wants to show her that how terrible that life is. And this was before, like, thank you, Scarlett Johansson, before being like, oh, you can't have emotion as a character. And I think that's why I kind of want to, like, just be kind of like a brown nose towards her again because she was written so bad. I mean, for God's sake, she cut off her face and then put it on her face and then tortured her for, like, weeks. And in the end, nothing happens. Yelena's like, well, I'm scarred for life. I'm going to go back to the Red Room. And um, Black Widow's just like, deuces, you know? So I agree with you. This was a way better depiction of Black Widow, and it's because of Scarlett Johansson's influence. It was amazing, and it actually got me invested in it. And mm-hmm. I felt, I don't know how too much into it, but I'm like, if this isn't a Disney movie, it's because times are truly changing, mm-hmm. and there are some real things that are happening. It's not just how it's been for a long time. Where, yeah, we're working on it, we're working on it. It's like, okay, this is really in a Disney movie. There really is some progress being made. Holy crap. Let's just all hashtag holy crap Disney today. Hashtag <laughs> holy crap Disney. Hashtag black Yeah, because I mean, even the men, it seems like the men, like men in general, you even have that in other movies where they realize they don't have to be this villain and they don't have to do these things. And it's like, but you have women going through that mm-hmm. same moral crisis when women were always seen as, oh, they'll always do the right thing. Realizing that we have just as much, you know, either way. Well, and we got to see Alexi be passionate about a father, too. I thought that that was like a, and you know, and Iron Maiden was very, like, much more cold. Um, But it it did flip a lot of those gender roles on its head. Right, right. I do want to get to everyone's questions because we we can talk about Black Widow for a week. I do just want to say one thing, though, but I do think this movie pushed the envelope a lot for what we've seen from the Disney Marvel Studios. And I think that we're going to see more where Disney's trying is more open to tackling some of these subjects and topics in a Marvel movie. You're not going to see the Disney castle at the beginning of it, but I think under Marvel Studios better, they are going to go there more, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, okay, uh, so those of us who like really know Yelena, so we know that she's canonologically asexual. Is that, and like they didn't touch on that a whole lot in the movie, is that something that you think that they'll like, you know, put in and like move forward with? Like in the Hawkeye series, maybe? Um, I think that they might make people aware of it, but what I would like to see is that they don't. Because in most uh, male movies, like they don't make it a big deal about who, and I just want them. I just want them to be an action, you know, an action movie hero. Um, I do think it's important for everyone to be represented. So I do think, just like in Loki, like it'll be there and we'll know. Um, but I hope they, it's not a big part of the, stir- the story because I would love to have these female stories without love interests. You know, like yeah. like sometimes, you know, I mean, it's good to have that. You know, we all need to be multifaceted in everything that we do. But usually in this, in the time of her life, the age that she is and what she's focused on, she don't have time for that. You know what I mean? Like, where, she's not on apps right now trying to date yeah. anybody. So I, mean, I think we'll know, but I don't know that they're going to jump into, like, a storyline right. right away. But I do think that they will touch on it. They've been a lot better um, at doing that. Um, so I hope, I hope we know, but I hope that it's not a huge part of the story. Just any love in general in that I would just like to see, you know, a kick-ass movie without having to have a love story involved. But that's just me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I I was happy that they made Red Guardian not her husband and, like, flipped him into her dad just to remove it. Like, thank you. No more romance. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So they have her dad as a Red Guardian. He, while he was in prison, stated that he met Captain America several times, but nobody believes him. Is this due to the fact that Captain America changed the timeline? I, I think it's more likely that he met the um, Isaac, what's his name? What? Isaiah. Isaiah, thank you. That's what I was from, from Falcon Winter Soldier that we saw, who was a super soldier 
Um, and in the comments, he did take up the mantle of Captain America for a time. So they, I, I hope that that's the direction they go with it. Because, you know, initially they're like, you know, that's a bunch of baloney you didn't meet. See how, see how edgy I'm getting? So it's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> oh my god, there's <laughs> children in the room. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't meet it because he was frozen in ice for 70 years. Um, so I, I hope that's the direction that they go in and we get a little bit more um, stories about Isaiah. I, I kind of got the feeling that it was more of him just making up stories and being yeah. a bit bravado of like... He was peacocking. It, I think he really was, yeah. And it was like, well, who's going to refute me? Like, yeah. who's yeah, going to refute that I wasn't doing frozen, I believe. So yeah. it's just <laughs> like, yeah, I said. He was frozen, yeah. so it was either Isaiah or he's making this up because he wants to be relevant. And yeah. I love that so much, is that... Um, he's supposed to be this big, huge villain, right? No pun intended on his size. Um, but I love that as well, that, you know, um, but I think that he, out, outside of what he used to be when he was their dad, he's now kind of this pathetic man. Yep. And he's trying to grasp onto anything that he can to stay relevant, and nobody is buying it. You know what I mean? Like, nobody. So I hope that at some point um, he is in the room with whatever version of Captain America that we have, and they have no idea who he is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want that moment. Yeah. Well, I thought, though, that it did highlight the aspect that, well, you know, we're experimenting, creating superheroes, mm -hmm. that, you know, also it's happening elsewhere. It was, And so you could see that there was definite um, growth in both our superhero creation that, you know, that maybe not an ally is doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Hi. I am a big costume nerd. I've been costume designers for many shows. I work at the Shakespeare Festival. Um, and one thing I noticed uh, this was because the costume designer was a woman, she put in a lot of meaning and a lot of practicality into it. Um, like when Black Widow, when Natasha's hiding out in, is it Iceland? Uh, at the beginning, she brought in a rack of clothes, and she was like, okay, you pick out what you think the character would wear. And she grabs sweats and a, and a hoodie. And to both show her depression and to also show that she's uh, kind of not having to conform. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't have to conform or live up to anyone's standards mm -hmm. of what she should look like. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that she's doing the entire... Uh, Battle of Taskmaster at the beginning uh, in that shows a lot of practicality with it. And also the, the, the there's so much, um, sorry, I've, you're okay. You're good. Um, there's so much dissonance between um, uh, the Black Widows in the Red Room and the fact that her and Yelena are wearing white. Mm -hmm. uh, to show that complete disconnect and how they're trying to change things mm -hmm. in such a big way. Um, I think the costuming was absolutely genius for most of the show. Yeah. That's a great comment. Yeah, I know. That is a yeah. great comment because, yeah, um, sometimes in really, really good films, you get that deep into the level of the costume design, and uh, I know this color, this color, is, uh -huh. is big. and sometimes it's just what's going to look cool on screen. But to have that extra thought of the functionality of the clothing, because so often these women actors get put in tight leather and they can't move and high heels, high heels. <laughs> <laughs> there was no heels in this movie, and I almost <laughs> no, I loved it. Um, it's blow up baby time talk. So okay, thank you so much for your comment, and then we'll get to you in just a second. Um, okay, yeah, because we've got, I'm, just, I'm really watching on time here. Um, so, we've been really talking about what we love so much about this movie, and I'm going to move into an area of the movie that I didn't love so much. And it all starts with blowing up the kid, okay? Um, I think her doing it no matter what shows two things, and I'm not saying I don't think that was relevant, hugely relevant, okay? Um, she, she was thinking of the greater good, but she also was still partially in that mind of, my job is my job, right? right? What did right. you guys think about when you found out that she, what she had done? Because that's a huge part of her red on her ledger. 
Um, I think it made her death a little bit more valid because when she was saying that she really wanted to get the red off of her ledger, um, if you were a mind-controlled spy and you were doing espionage, I think a lot of us can kind of tick that off. Like anything that James Bond was doing, he's not going to feel guilty about it. And he probably shouldn't. He's saving the world. Um, But I think that was like an actual thing where... You're were so desperate to get the job done that you didn't accept what collateral damage would be there. Um, I thought that that was like uh, one of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, she kind of had to die, and that's really the only redemption that she's going to get. And it, it's sad that she did, but that's not really something that you can come back from. Yeah, murdering children. Right. <laughs> I thought it showed a lot of her, her um, desperation to be part of this bigger group because that was her break into the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, and and you start to understand why she was so desperate to be part of that um, throughout the film. So, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I think the most troubling thing about it for me, um, and also the most interesting thing about it is that she was working for S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point. That that was... She was with the good guys at that yeah. as we know yeah. the, as we can know Shield better through the MCU, we know that they're not the good guys. But you know, she was with the good guys at that point and, and had to make that call and had to make that decision. Um, which was probably the most awful act that she did even, you know, in all of her time as a black widow. And I think that that's super interesting because she wasn't mind controlled at the time that she right. made that right. decision. Yeah, she made a decision. Yeah. It was her and her she was accountable for it. Yeah. So now we have that like super poignant part that makes us all I don't know if you, when you guys were watching the movie, did you kind of when when that's happening, you know, in my mind I went back to all the other movies and then I jumped forward to Endgame and it just all like came together for me and I was like, that was another gutsy movie. It was just a gutsy movie, but that was another gutsy move for them. To, to put her in our eyes like that. So I'm like, all right, I, I got it, I'll buy it. And then the kid isn't actually dead. And this is where I get a little angry because they threw a character away. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. Um, what I would have liked to happen is, okay, the kid's not dead. You've turned her into this character that we've all been waiting to see, right? And then the character is now good, just in that moment. Right. I would have loved to see, and sorry, name the character again, because I have a different Taskmaster. I, I have blood sport in my mind because I was talking about something. <laughs> Taskmaster. Um, what I would have liked, and tell me if I'm wrong or if you guys, so they think ta- Taskmaster is good at the end because all the women are kind of coming together and they're getting Taskmaster out of there. I would like them to not have found mm-hmm. Taskmaster because now she's out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, she may have gotten away from Dad and this controlling, but she's not good. Well, we didn't find Dad's body. Yeah. It's just zip-zapping around, I'm sure. Yeah, so I would have liked... Taskmaster to not have been found. I think it would, that would have been better to me because I feel like if that was it for that character, I'm, they kind of threw it away if that's it. I don't know if it is, but for me, I was a little iffy. What did you guys think about that scenario um, bringing Taskmaster in like that? Um, I thought it was kind of dumb. Uh, and here's why. Because I think that even if Taskmaster lives, she effectively went through like an, a full-on ego death. Like her life is ruined um, by what her dad did to her. And I don't think that freeing her from the bonds of that psychological torture was enough because she was young enough where her life got kind of taken over. Um, I'm glad that she it was freed so that she's not just running around under dad's control. But... Um, Mm, yeah, I, didn't, I, I wasn't buying the, the yeah. redemption. I would assume she would have had loyalty to him just because of yeah. her whole life and the Stockholm syndrome and all of that. Mm-hmm. I thought that they, she'd still be loyal to him, and I was surprised when she was so. All right, yeah. I'm going now. We yeah. have three minutes, so I okay. want to get to your question, and then we'll hurry and tell you guys where you can find us. But let's get to your question, Commander. Okay. Uh, it more has to do with character backstory than directly black but. Um, 
Um, I was I was listening to the discussion and just thinking about how the horrible things that Black Widow went through and how that bank into her character made me think about how a lot of female characters have tragedy and stuff that makes them grow into a better person. And in contrast, males, you have a lot of male characters that have tragedy and stuff, and that warps and twists them and stuff. And that got me to thinking, is there any way that would work with the female side, or is that just something that us men always get warped over? Like, alternate universe, could there be a villainous black widow, is what I'm saying? Like, does that even work for a female storyline? Yeah. She started out as a villain for sure. Yeah. I mean, the comics Code Authority, the only reason why Black Widow was so stayed successful is because the creators could be a, a little bit more fast and loose with her origin because heroes weren't allowed to do anything bad, but because Black Widow dabbed in the best of both worlds. Um, and we may see that with Yelena. She may be a villainous widow in the next movies. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know what direction she's going to take. Yeah. I agree. I don't think tragedy affecting someone or how we react to it is a gender-specific thing. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's very, I mean, Elena in a lot of ways is the villainous version of Black Widow until she also breaks free from it. So I, I think that it's totally possible in an alternate humor. And I think we're going to see Elena be more villainous than yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Black Widow because of the end credit scene and her hooking up with, right. with Val. And I can tell you that when you connect yourself with a Val, you, you, you become a little more of a villainous. You do. You do. Um, we want to talk to you more about this, but they need to get another panel in, so if you want to meet us outside, we're more than happy to discuss Absolutely. with you. Did you guys enjoy the panel today? So if you like this panel and you have um, an Android phone, because for some reason on the iPhone it won't let you rate in the app, please go to the panel in the app. Give us all the stars. Give these guys stars so we can come back and do this again. Please follow Movies That Make Us um, on all the podcasting. Uh, go ahead and let them know where they can find you two ladies one more time before we leave. Yeah, Chelsea and Noel go to hell. Um, also, Utah's graphic novel book club. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram and talk about Black Widow, I am Sid Lord. Uh, I'm at NerdyBitches.com and NerdyBitches podcast at anywhere you can find me. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.